Here we go. Relax. <laughs> We're having a conversation. We're having a conversation. There we go. I think this is better yeah, if I just like, yeah. what's up, open yeah. up, yeah. right? Welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to our first podcast here at Fail Better, Suck Less. I'm your host, Giovanni Amatorre. I am here with our gym owner, John Weeks. We have coach Lizzie Hope, and we have coach Steve Smith on the couch here for today. This being our first podcast, we're going to go over a little bit on our topics of the origin stories of each of the coaches here and how Tough Temple began. And actually, to kick things off, I want to hand it off to John, uh, talk a little bit about how Tough Temple started and give us the origin story on how everything went down. Yeah, uh, I guess you can imagine I get the question a lot, especially with Tough Temple being a pretty unique name and a pretty unique brand, but um, started out early in life in martial arts and I did Kung Fu, traditional uh, Chinese martial arts from the age of six and did that all through my childhood up into my teenage years, kind of branched out, did some MMA and some uh, other types of martial arts, boxing, Muay Thai, that good stuff. And basically was on that route to be a martial artist and a martial arts instructor. Um, that was kind of where I was going. And I decided didn't want to go to school uh, for you know higher education. I went right into uh, teaching full time for martial arts. And somewhere along the way kind of ran into, and a lot of people that are in the martial arts community kind of probably experience this, but you kind of get burnt out on the hierarchy of it all and the, the dogma that can be attached to it and some of the kind of politics between teachers and students and different schools. And at that time, I was a young father raising uh, my daughter, Ava, and I transitioned into more mainstream kinds of fitness. And doing that, it was more about one, wanting to separate my livelihood from the traditional martial arts, which I had a lot of love and respect for, but I felt like making that my livelihood also, I had to make some kind of compromising choices in terms of the purity of the art that I was teaching versus trying to make a buck, right? And mm -hmm. it's hard in this kind of area, especially with like real estate being what it is and everything else to get open up a traditional school and have a good enough following to make it work. I wasn't really interested in running like a, you know, like a McDojo kind of situation where you have a ton of kids and you're doing that. So I stepped back from teaching. I still taught, but the students that I had were just personal students of mine that I taught privately, didn't charge for, and I felt like I could keep the, the spirit of the art the way that I wanted it. Mm. And then I started teaching at a Globo Gym for personal training and for other types of things. So worked um, at Lifetime Fitness for a number of years and worked my way up there, um, kind of building my clientele building out programs that were in a lot of ways very similar to CrossFit before CrossFit was really hitting the mainstream. So we were doing a lot of hybrid training, uh, a lot of interval-based training, a lot of MMA-type conditioning. I was doing a lot of mitt work for fighters, uh, Muay Thai and boxing, which was a lot of fun. And we got to a point where we kind of outgrew what Lifetime could do for us there. Um, they were not at a point where they could uh, offer 
the facilities that we needed to do the type of training that we wanted to do. Mm. They didn't have, this was back before all the Globo gyms had platforms and barbells and bumper plates that you could drop and all that kind of stuff. So we were kind of making do with what we had, having to like set up a full blown uh, circuit class and break it all down every time within a Globo gym and it just became too much. So we kind of got tired of that environment and I left, uh, that gym and was really fortunate to have about 20 or 30 clients that followed me. And we were at the time doing boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, and functional fitness, which was CrossFit, but we weren't in a, we weren't a affiliate at the time. And we were moved to a, a location that was at my house. So it was a two story garage, probably 600 square feet. Um, I had the rowers on the upstairs, so we used to have to do our intervals on the rowers, then run down the stairs to do everything else. Um, that place was very, very unique, but in a lot of ways, it kind of embodies everything that Tough Temple is because it was very, you know, no frills. It was about the hard work. It was about the consistency. It was about the community. Um, those people were incredibly tight knit. You know, we would show up. It was the same people in class every day. Um, and we were there for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And we got hit by the polar vortex. I don't know if you all remember that, but this is probably 12 years ago or so now. Um, but it burst all the pipes in the upstairs of the garage. Oh, wow. Actual polar vortex, not COVID. <laughs> not not oh, COVID. Okay, no. okay. Polar vortex. I was going to say, yeah. it's, it wasn't yeah. 12. Okay. Yeah. I got you. So uh, literally, I like opened up uh, you know, my back door to go open up the garage and it's like six in the morning or something and i just see like an ice skating rink in my driveway because the water had all come out and frozen uh for those of you that remember that winter like it was brutal it was like mm -hmm. below freezing for like an entire week or something and um so of course i'm canceling classes scrambling trying to make all that work and during the time that i was shut down and fixing everything some of the members had gone to some other CrossFit gyms and just dropped in and, and tried some CrossFit classes. And they came back and they said, hey, let's, let's open up a CrossFit gym. So I partnered with those members and we opened up the original Tough Temple location in uh, downtown Bethesda on Rugby Avenue. And the rest, as they say, is history. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of members here that were still back there at the early days at Rugby Avenue. Uh, we have a lot of nostalgia for that location, but we've grown a ton since then. And the, the culture and the community is, is leaps and bounds from where it was even then. So I guess I also, I, when you had just mentioned right now, because of the polar vortex and all that happening to your space, beforehand had the thought of opening up your own gym come to mind? Or like how close were you to that point? Was that like tipping edge like also from... I guess, the members who would come back and be like, hey, I think we should open up a gym. I mean, the thought was always there. I think the, the garage gym was kind of a nice intermediary because there was no overhead attached to it. So it was an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It also allowed me to learn a lot because it was the first time that I was fully programming CrossFit workouts, right? So I had to you know, learn to program to that space. And we're doing all of our runs around my neighborhood and all of my neighbors think we're insane, right? Um, like learning 
that learning curve in that first year in that location was pretty extreme. And this is also back before um, a lot of the equipment that's out now was available readily. Like Rogue mm -hmm. was kind of in its infancy at the time, um, but I couldn't afford Rogue equipment, you know? So it was basically uh, getting everything piecemeal, you know, on Craigslist back then. Mm -hmm. um, the first uh, training floor was literally on carpet. We had carpet on the ground, oh, wow. on the ground floor. Uh, That's an interesting training service. <laughs> yeah, the upstairs uh, was like a laminate floor, so we did you know mostly mobility and cardio stuff upstairs, and that's where the one bathroom was, and we had just a bunch of shelves where everybody threw all their bags on the wall. Um, but that space was um, it was cool because it was really interesting to see how much you could do with very minimal amounts of equipment, mm -hmm. which I think is one of the things that CrossFit was really, really good about early on, was like, you don't need a whole lot right, to get right, fit. Right. Um, so that was one, of, it was kind of like you're going from a, a really high-end boutique to something like that. The contrast could not be more extreme. It's like we didn't have the, the spa and the cafe and all the granite and you know thousands and thousands of square feet, uh, but we made do with what we had. You know, so it was really cool to kind of have to uh, piece that together and really make do with with minimal amounts of equipment. It was it was cool. Timeline wise, do you remember approximately what year that was? This must have when we first moved to downtown Bethesda. I want to say it was 2013, 2013, 2014. And how long were you at your garage before? About that? a year. I think it was about a year and a half. Okay. A year and a half to two years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. It, we we got a lot of use out of that space for sure. And now we're here. And now we're here. And now we're here. It's a little bigger than garage. Just just a, just a little, a little bit. bit. And a we've little come bit. we've come a little bit of a ways. <laughs> and you know, so like to get so there's been some intermediary steps between right. So we had our Bethesda location. We were killing it after like two months because we were only the second affiliate to open in Bethesda. The other one that would had been one of the earliest CrossFit affiliates actually they were waitlisted all the time. So a ton of those kind of disgruntled members came over very quickly. Uh, so we went from like the 20 people or so that we had when we opened up to 100 members within like two months. So we were doing really well and it was a very large space so we could get really creative with things. There was no AC, so it was still very kind of rugged. Uh, yeah, I don't miss those days. Uh, people can survive like that, Gio. No, they can't. <laughs> Um, we live in Montgomery County, everybody. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, and, you know, we only had mats on like half of the floor because we were like, oh, we're never going to need more space than this. Right. The, right. Thing, the things you don't know. Um, and then about a year in to that location, we actually purchased our second location, which at the time was CrossFit done right. And, um, you know, the owner, Justin, was just kind of in a position like he was ready to get out of the business. Mm. And my partners and I were looking to expand because we were doing very well. So we, we purchased that location and there was a lot of growth pains there once we did that because trying to uh, scale everything to two locations, there were some pretty unique things about that acquisition that made it uniquely challenging. Um, you know, so we had those two locations for a long time. And then um, I guess about another three years or so down the line, our lease was coming up in rugby and we had to move. And we were still doing very well there. A lot of the CrossFit gyms in the area were kind of 
in a shakeup phase. I don't know mm. if you guys remember, but you know, there was places closing, there was a lot of rebranding going on, different owners were selling and different owners were buying. Um, and we actually had reached out to another gym and we merged that downtown location with another CrossFit gym. And then we kept the North Bethesda location as Tough Temple. And we kind of operated those as two entities for a good while. Um, and during COVID, uh, my partners and I decided to make a split mm. where I was able to purchase them out of this location and they purchased me out of that Bethesda location, which is CrossFit Bethesda. And, uh, you know, it was a very amicable split. It was a good time for it to happen. And I think the, the cultures of those two gyms were kind of shifting as it was. So it made sense. Right. And so we're at the point now where uh, we've been able to do a lot of things creatively in this space that we probably would not have been able to do five, six years ago um, because we didn't have the bandwidth from a staffing perspective. We didn't have the culture kind of built up to the degree that we do now. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, th this place is special. You can yeah. you can feel the type of things that are happening here constantly because it's we don't ever really feel like we're spinning our wheels. You know, I think a lot of that special kind of feeling that you're talking about, too. I mean, we've all grown to appreciate that firsthand. Uh, a lot of us coming from different gyms, yeah. you know, uh, so I think it's interesting what you're talking about, you know, during that time, splitting, you know, creating your own space. Uh, I think we all kind of in that timeline, a lot of us were also exploring different gyms. You know, we were establish our, establishing ourselves where we were with CrossFit, with weightlifting, with anything else. And it's just interesting to hear the origin of like how you started and then kind of how we all tie in. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, Coach Lizzie, Hi. you want to touch a little bit upon your origin story and how yeah. you came to Tough Temple? Yeah. So book one of a series of unfortunate events. Um, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I was at Shady Grove Strength. And mm. if you're from this area, it's not too far. Fine. Um, I did the opposite of what John did. I decided that I wanted to go to school for an obnoxious amount of time. Mm. Um, and then... Still in school still in school but I started training full-time not at a Globo gym but at like a boutique style gym in Bethesda mm -hmm. um, and it was literally 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. on my feet 45 minute sessions back to back to back there was no break and um, I realized like I didn't want to do that anymore that's mm -hmm. crazy so I started over at George Washington University training with some of their strength conditioning staff, um, some of the teams there, and kind of similar to what you experienced where like the politics just started to get in the way, um, dealing with other coaches who don't agree with you, sports coaches, all that stuff. So anyway, um, I quit my, my nine to five. I quit and I was sitting oh, wow. at Shady Grove. Yeah, I just straight up quit. Was sitting at Shady Grove in the middle of the day, 2 p.m and the owners over there, Justin and Lauren, were working out, minding their own business, not talking to me at all. And that tracks. No that shade. Tracks. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Love you guys. Um, Justin was squatting, and Lauren walks over to me. I'd been a member there for like less than six months. I had started there kind of like their version of HIT, and that's what I was doing. I was doing weight training. I was a weightlifter at my gym. Mm -hmm. um, quit my job sitting there at two in the afternoon. Lauren walks up to me and was like, do you want a job? And I was like, at a CrossFit gym? I don't even do CrossFit. Right, right. Um, got my L1, like, the next month. Started coaching CrossFit. Was there for three years. 
started when there were four other coaches, ended when it was basically just me, me and Justin. Um, and then there was an athlete there, her name, never mind. Um, <laughs> um, no, um, and then COVID happened, all that crazy stuff. Um, Shady Grove closed after COVID. Like we thought we made it, we did make it. And then the owners were just kind of like, we don't want it anymore. Go to Tough Temple. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. We like John. Go talk to John. Okay. I we texted like John. John. Yeah. yeah. I texted John and he responded like within five minutes. That is very John like. Annoy- annoyingly fast. Well, yeah, except not anymore. Lost. He just yeah. ignores me now. Um, <laughs> we we all do. Go ahead. Um, and like the truth, the truth. What? The truth is, I've lived in this area my whole mm. life, and I've always known about South Temple. Um, mm-hmm. My mm. Friends used to go here when I was in college, like they were members here, uh, or like not when I was in college, after college, um, they went here. Um, and then just like all the stuff you guys do, you see it, social media, you hear about it. Um, and I was just, a, I ended up at a CrossFit gym, not being a CrossFit coach, never mm. thought that I would be working out at Tough Temple. My gym closed, I had nowhere to go. I was like, let me just text John. Texted John, met him in the hit room, which was the barbell studio. He said I couldn't bring my dog. And that was almost a no for me, like <laughs> right there. Um, love you, Mars. Love you, Mars. Shout out. We uh, all love we, Mars. And for the record, we miss having dogs here. Yeah. But, but, it, but it's for to the be best. Fair, his for the dog, better, right. Right yeah. after he told me no dogs, his dog runs in the lobby, full speed. That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. For those of you um, that don't know the co-parenting situation with the dog, that, we'll save that for a further episode. The yes. Um, <laughs> but I was, do- like, I was done coaching. I got a full-time job at home, hanging out, doing, not standing on my feet all day things. Um. And then I started coaching here, personal training. I wasn't even doing classes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here I am now, classes. I even coach CrossFit sometimes. Yes, you do. You do. Yes, yeah. yeah, so. And you coach me as well. When you're not broken. So, Steve. Take a seat. <laughs> we're just going to call that one a wrap. <laughs> Coach Steve, you want to talk a little bit about your origin story, how you came about to integrate yourself with Tough yeah, Temple? Yeah, I think I'm probably the only one of us who is not from this area. Shout out Philly. Yeah, go Birds. From Philadelphia, go Birds. God, you have to do it. <laughs> um, so, you know, grew up playing all different kinds of sports, um, college athlete, and that's actually kind of where I came across CrossFit. Um, started doing it way back in like 2011 which is rich froning number one yeah, yeah and the graham holmberg's and mm-hmm, the spieler mm-hmm. yeah the ogs um so we were doing i remember uh we did murph one year in a third floor apartment building so we had to run down the flight of stairs wow and that was our mile run and come back up we had a door jam pull-up bar it was a really interesting time sounds super safe oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 It had to be. Okay, good. Yeah. Kip <laughs> There's no kipping. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was picturing kipping. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. picturing. No, no kipping. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I found CrossFit and then was able to graduate and then train directly out of you know, college with a, a very small gym that was a block away from me, which is very nice. Very right, cool. um, Very, very, you know, appreciative of all that I learned there. We were talking maybe a 400 foot square feet uh square foot space um one pipe down the middle for pull-ups 
if you were tall, you had to jump and bend your knees. And if you were short, you're standing on a couple plates to reach it, you know? But mm -hmm. um, we made do with what they had and it was awesome. Uh, and then kind of fell out of it a little bit, you know? Got a different job working in the food industry. So, you know, exercise was always there, but it wasn't, you know, the primary focus. And then Philadelphia happened, moved into the city and absolutely loved it. Uh, quickly found a box there, uh, Open Box Athletics, where I was very happy to train with a bunch of different people, you know, games level to absolute beginners. Um, and it was just such a reinvigorating kind of experience for me to remember everything that CrossFit was and how mm. much I enjoyed mm. it. And then COVID, we moved down to this area. My fiance got a job with the FDA, so it was very, very nice to kind of start fresh together. And the very first gym we looked at was Tough Temple. Um, it was a tie between Tough Temple and CrossFit Love. One, one Love, love fit, yeah, yeah. CrossFit One Love. Yeah. Um, John got back to us first. So. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to throw it. It's not yeah, that I know. Yeah, not, not trying to throw No shit. Yeah, 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 uh, first person to respond. I think we were in class the very next day, and uh, it's kind of, kind of where and how we got here. So. so, so far, what we're learning is I am on my phone Texting. real fast. If what anyone wants his number, we'll give that out. After. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. Anyway, um, also, side note, I had no idea what Nadia did until right now, as you announced that. Right. Moment. Did you say you were a collegiate athlete? Well, it wasn't a great one. I feel yeah. shady didn't come I did it. No! It's <laughs> definitely no. not a great yeah. one. Yeah. I threw a javelin. This is dope! I love that. Can we start doing that here? No. Oh, people okay. no, die. We cannot. No, we cannot. With that. Yeah. Also, you don't want to but... tear people's rotator cuffs. Okay. So, so speak, speaking of <laughs> One Love, Geo, I know you come from One Love. So bring it full circle real quick before I <laughs> yeah, yeah. open it up. Uh, I actually used to train the people that opened up One Love. They were in the garage gym with me. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. They were at Lifetime with me, actually, before. And we all kind of fell in love with CrossFit together. Yep. So it was kind of cool to see them do that and, and open up and build a gym. And you have quite the story from that. Yeah, so interestingly enough, uh, my origin with CrossFit is actually hating it. Because... <laughs> My my background my always since uh, high school was like more bodybuilding esque, you know, just bench, squat, deadlift, and like that's pretty much it, you know. Back and buys chest and tries. You know exactly. You know the the golden pillars of, of fitness uh, back in the functional. day. Functional, functional. I don't know if I was functional back then, <laughs> but you know it, it was it was more on the aesthetic side, you know. So there was a big part of my life that was like solely supplement driven you know i really had no idea what i was doing but uh, i was trying my darnest right so it wasn't until uh, a dear friend of mine told me that uh, her fiance was in need of some photography and videography work and so through that i remember asking her like what does he do and she said crossfit and i said "Ugh." is this devin this is right so putting Devin's business out there. Sorry. And um, this individual who has already been named. Um, <laughs> we'll it edit, was, we'll edit it in post. Right. 
it was it was interesting to see because I I just thought I had a real bad misconception of, of what CrossFit was and how it looked like and how it's supposed to be. So yeah, so many do. Yeah. And so the minute I started seeing like the double unders, right? My notion of double unders was always from Rocky Four, right? And just like him in the barnyard. But I mean like he was jumping for his life to get those double unders. And Devin's just like, Yep, how many more do I have left? You know, kind of situation. And I remember thinking to myself, I want to be able to do all that stuff. I just don't know where to start. So seeing him do it, I YouTubed just CrossFit. And that's when I came across, which to me was my first inspiration, like Dan Bailey. Mm -hmm. So I saw Dan Bailey first and I was like, great. I want arms like that, you know? Don't we all? And so that was a, a, kind of my first intro into CrossFit. So I actually started following more of the CrossFit games and just kind of trying to replicate a lot of these movements at my global gym, which we will remain nameless because we cannot put out names. <laughs> so we're going to bleep that oh, out. By I, the see, I see what you did there. So uh, global gyms, like, you know, just left and right. And, and granted, you know, there are some of these videos I still have from those global gyms where I'm trying to attempt these movements. But the barbells don't spin at these global gyms. Mm. So doing a clean was like you could feel the barbell just crushing on the inside. And uh, yeah, I realized very quickly that I, I was not gonna be able to replicate CrossFit at a global gym. I started trying to find things I could buy from my own house, you know, kind of things I could do on my own. And finally I went to visit some CrossFit gyms. And I think everybody can attest to like finding their box. And it's not always about what's most convenient or what's close by, because I had two other gyms. And while they're great, there's just something that hits a little different once you find your box. And it's the community, it's the coaches, it's the feel, you know, like how they, they welcome you to the gym. It makes all the difference. So I came across CrossFit Hard at the time. And I just remember uh, coming across, you know, Coach Graham and all of them, and just immediately, you know, I was like, I might. And I was like, you want to do CrossFit? It's amazing. Go on in. Have a zap. He was like, don't worry about pying. Just, like, just go he in. Sounds have exactly fun. exactly like that, by Does the way. He? And, because, oh, and when, I tell you, when I tell you the level of comfort that I felt in that moment, because I had gone to other gyms already, and it was just welcoming, and it, it was genuine. You know, this man wanted me at his gym and he just wanted me to have a good time. You know, at the end of the day, his, his sales pitch was, at the end of the day, if you like it, you're gonna join. If not, I don't have to force you into it. Sounds Which is, I better. think is like, you know, very telling of what we do a lot mm -hmm. as well. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, if you love it, you're gonna join it. And, and here we are on the couch, all from different gyms, yep. still continuing that story. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, with time, I started uh, venturing out a little bit. I became a coach. Uh, one of the co-owners, uh, Vic, actually t pulled me out to the side one day and he goes, you know, you're here enough. You're improving, you know, a lot. Why don't you become a coach? You know, and slowly but surely, I started evolving my coaching techniques. Um, and my first competition that I did was the super total our Tough Temple Super Total. And that's actually how I got to meet John. I had no idea who John was. Uh, I thought he was just my judge at the moment when he was refereeing my event. He judged you. Right, Ooh. so there's video footage of it. It's embarrassing on how my <laughs> Olympic lifting was at the moment. 
But John was just so nice about it. He was coaching me through my lift. So like we had a, you know, first 20 minute window and then 10 minute windows for each of the other movements. And John is doing his, his darnest to be like, keep it up here. <laughs> Lock it out. That's exactly be how confident. he sounds for, I mean. <laughs> Focus on the pull. Finish the pull. Still and, working on that. Oh, yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, but it was my first intro to John. Uh, and as we went into COVID, which I think a lot of gyms were coming across the issue of, um, yeah, we, we got hit pretty hard. We got pre hit pretty hard with COVID. We were fighting to stay alive. And we did stay alive for a good long time. A good long time. And then finally... Uh, the owner Vic uh, and I, you know, we came to multiple conversations, but he ultimately pulled the plug. And we had already known about Tough Temple. I had that connection with you, and, and we, most, did our, we did our L twos together as well. Yep, which was awesome. We did our experience. level two without realizing it, yep. without knowing or you know, coordinating that. We ended up at the same level two, uh, and we had another coach, uh, Coach Andrea, who's also here at Tough Temple. So, pretty much all the coaches came over here all of our members came over here except for a few who like moved out of the area you know um, but I for sure remember the first time I reached out to John and again him being very very rapidly uh, responding <laughs> it was a matter of I think the first time I reached out you just said just get in here and start working out right like just have a space to work out like that's tough you know, for sure, we don't want you to go across, you know, not being able to work out. Just come on in. And I remember the first thought coming inside here, it's so bright. It's just really bright. And anybody who was at my little gym at One Love or CrossFit Hard, it was like a dungeon and it was wonderfully bleak and dungeon-esque. Geo turns off every light. Every to light. Get, to get that lighting Anytime right for the we can get it. Um, but it was just so welcoming. And, and everybody who's come over has felt the same way. And we haven't looked back, you know, and I think that's kind of full circle coming around here, being able to become a part-time coach here. And I remember I only was given a month, only was given a month where I was only coaching like two, three classes a week. And that was it. And I was like, that's fine. I, I could use a break because yeah. Lizzie, you know, you and I can probably share. We were coaching pretty much every class at our old gym. Yeah. And it was just, it wasn't sustainable anymore. And so I was happy just being able to coach two to three classes per week. And then in a month's span, <laughs> it was like, hey, by the way, like morning coaches kind of want to break. And then I started evolving and now I'm full time here, you know, thanks to you. Um, and I think that's just really interesting. You know, the fact that we're all sitting here on the couch, we're all having this conversation in this very safe space that we've all, you know, called home now. Uh, yeah. Don't get emotional, man. Don't do it. I'm not me. getting emotional. Yeah. You are getting emotional. Uh, so, anyway. so, so one thing I will say, and it was important to me, I think, that because everybody came from different backgrounds and different gyms, but during that time like of COVID, everything was so uncertain, yes. right? Yes. And then so many gyms closed. Like, I think within about a year and a half, if I do the math right, I think it was about a year and a half from when lockdowns happened, a year and a half post that, I think seven CrossFit gyms within like 
five to seven miles from here have closed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is insane. Um, and I think it was kind of a, it was a, it was a confluence of so many different things that caused that. But one thing that I think made us unique in, in our ability to weather that was one, we had just moved into this location, which mm -hmm. was fantastic. There was a lot of excitement about like, literally we moved during lockdown. So the members were like, we can't wait to see the new space, right? We loaned out all the equipment. People were like coming in and grabbing a dumbbell and like doing this and like, you know, trying to see everything. Um, so that definitely, I think, helped. And we had positioned ourselves to have other things other than CrossFit. Yeah. You know, we weren't just kind of relying solely on this single modality because I felt, I always have kind of felt as wonderful as CrossFit is, I don't want to have to overcome every objection. Like you were saying, you hated it at first yeah, because yeah. you had a perception of it that may or may not have been accurate, right? But a lot of people come in with that. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing was, I want you in the door and working. If I can get you going, mm -hmm. then we can educate you. We can build you up. We can overcome those objections that aren't really objections. It's just a lack of information usually. Um, and once you build that rapport, you're able to get that. So the, we had that going for us too. But what really meant a lot to me was when like Justin was like, go here. Mm -hmm. Because the level of trust that, I, that that kind of shows is honestly like very touching. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, you and I had a lot of rapport because we had spent time together and done our L2s together. And I wanted to hire you then. I remember. But I, I was remember. like, I can't do that because I knew you were happy where you were and I knew how much the members there appreciated you. And I didn't want to like step on those toes. But when you came and said, you know, man, we're closing down. My whole thing was, I can only imagine what losing this place would mm. feel like to me. Right. So I can only like think how that feels to somebody else as their gym is closing. Right. So all I wanted to do was like, eliminate every obstacle to people being able to continue this as seamlessly as possible because I don't want them to lose that community and that cohesiveness, even if it's a little siloed pocket of like, these were members from a right, certain gym right. or these are members from another gym. Like I wanna give them a runway to be able to preserve that relationship and build some new ones, you know? And that honestly was probably the most touching thing for me coming out of that because so many things that were hard about that time and that situation, it also laid a lot of groundwork for where we are now. And I think it's, I think it's also interesting, uh, you know, coming here and making that transition as seamless as it was, uh, it spoke volumes because I mean, the last day that we were at our old gym, the very next day, it was a Friday. Mm -hmm. I was coaching here. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember, you know, I think a lot of people from the old gym were like holding on to a lot of feelings, a lot of sentiments. Again, it being their, their like home gym for so long. And it, you know, it was the first CrossFit gym that I went to as well. But I think, um, as we were managers and owners of those gyms, we needed that to happen. You know, like mm -hmm. it was so much, on us that we we were not able to sleep you know mm -hmm. each each month were we going to be able to make it yeah. kind yeah. of situation and that's 
that's really trying, you know, yeah. for anybody. So I, I remember there was a sigh of relief when we came to that decision. And also just that feeling. I was like, nothing's changed really. Besides the fact that literally from our old gym, we are two minutes away, mm -hmm. right? It's like, we're just going to have to find parking in a different, you know, venue. And the very next day I was coaching, you know, like nothing changed. It was, it was seamless. It was welcoming and everybody was welcoming, you know, and on the business side of it too, what you were touching upon is, you know, we have CrossFit, we have HIT, we have Barbell, we have Kettlebell, you know, we've had yoga, yoga. you know, on as well. Mighty Masters. So, Mighty Masters. I mean, you think about all these programs as well, and these are things for sure, I know I spoke, uh, you know, with Vic at our old gym, that we wish we could have offered. Yeah. yeah. We wish we could have been able to offer because that, for sure would have been able to save our business, but we just didn't have the manpower, we didn't have the coaches, we didn't have the time or resources to make that happen. So to be able to finally also offer our members like, hey, you know how you always wanted to come in at noon, but I was always working my full-time job, you know, the owner was working their full-time job and they were doing other stuff. Well, like now you finally have that opportunity and it allows just like this complete, I would have, I would have never known the Ians of this world, you know, um, and I'm and I'm and I'm grateful for that because it it helps you also as a gym owner. I would only imagine, and as a coach, to be able to you know become more educated. How do you how do you deal with that? How do you well, deal with the different people? It, it's funny too because I think that one of the things that's most important to me, and actually part of the reason why I even wanted to do this podcast was. Like I can take it for granted that like people kind of know a lot of this stuff, but when I pick my head up and actually look at it from a distance, a lot of the members that we have here have joined in the last year, two, yeah. three, yeah. right? So they don't know a lot of this stuff. And how did we get here? We got here through a lot of fits and starts and growing pains, and it was very incremental. And if I had tried to do all of this in our original location, it never would have worked. Mm -hmm. I had to learn a lot of uh, lessons the hard way. Mm. There was a lot of trial and error. Um, but I think that the, the big takeaway for me as a business owner is that I have always wanted this place to be bigger than me, mm. right? It's never been about um, this being John's gym. I never wanted that. What I always wanted was it to be a place that people could come, put in the work, develop their own kind of place here and then it grow and expand as that happens so seeing more coaches like you guys coming in and seeing all of you coming from these different backgrounds with these different levels of expertise we've got all of these things that we can tap into now and take this into directions that i can't actually conceptualize mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. stuff that keeps me up at two o'clock at night is like the bigger picture stuff right so i'm like sitting there like what can we do next what can we do next what mm -hmm. can we do next but half the time, it's some member or coach that comes to me and says, hey, we should do this thing. And I'm like, I had no idea anybody wanted that. Right. You know, right. and it, it makes it makes it organic and it makes it sustainable and it makes it grow in a way that the community wants. And anytime you're doing that, I think you're going to be successful. That's been honestly, that's been the key to our success every single time we've had a hardship it's always been double down on the community double down on the culture double down on the team and we will find our way through i think it's also interesting like today i was just giving a tour to three people 
mm-hmm. you know. And as I was going into the hit room, and then I went into the barbell studio, that's still just a year old. Not even. You know, so yeah. like, not, right, not even. So you think right. about people, you know, like the origin story and everything, like the gym keeps changing. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, little things, you know, programming and how we go about, like, you know, the different responsibilities of the gym as well. Like, what, did I, what did I send you when I was on vacation? Everything. No, the pic, the pictures of the coffee bar that I. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I meant like yeah, like. Don't get your hopes up. We're not there yet. Right, but, but you know, the, yes, and it's it's ever evolving, and I think you hit it on the nail too. It's it's a community, mm-hmm. right? The community speaks, and I can't stress that enough. When people speak up, you know, and they send their feedback, their emails, you know, whatever it may be, even like reviews, you know, it, it goes a long way on being able to feature somebody on, on our reels or you know go through the Tuesday tips or all the stuff that we're doing more and more incrementally now, like our community posts. Thank you, Coach Steve, for that, you know? Um, it just keeps everybody involved. And yes, we're ever growing, new ideas, get your coffee mugs. Your hand is over the logo. <laughs> you had one job, bro. I have one functioning hand. <laughs> I have one functioning we'll hand. I'm waiting for the next episode. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but no, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, like, <laughs> it takes a lot for a gym owner and coaches to be able to sit back and be like, what does the community want mm-hmm. versus what do my coaches want? What do my coaches need? What do I want? What do I need? Right. And to be able to say that you've been successful giving your community what they want. Mm-hmm. Not many gyms can say that. Yeah, yeah. At all, because like, I could tell you the amount of meetings I've sat through where it's like, double down on what we do. Mm-hmm. People are gonna be upset by it. Yep. People aren't gonna like what we do, mm-hmm. but what we know is better than them, which is like, it's just, that, like, that's not how you get to people. Like, yeah. you connect with your community. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's definitely a balancing act for sure, right? I have, a million ideas that come to me, either myself or people bring to me, and I have to say no to a lot of them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to get good at saying no to good ideas so that you have the bandwidth to do the great things. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's then, what happened to our pickleball court? That's what happened to the pickleball court. Yeah. 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 It's okay. Pickleball was another thing that was potentially on the menu. Um, but, you know, and, and I think that we're in a fortunate position where, because of how successful we've been, we're able to lean into that more. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whereas if you are dealing with um, a lot of financial hardship in the immediate term, it's hard to do that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's yeah. definitely very much a, a balancing act of um, being a responsible business owner versus being kind of on the cusp of visionary type deals and trying to do creative things. But I think that the, by and large, the needs of the community haven't really changed. So it's more, not always doing new things, but doing things better, doing the things that people want and doubling down on it again and again and again and refining those practices, right? Um, we're also at a point now where you know we have a team of over 20 coaches. So we have a lot of bandwidth to do things where we can have three classes, four classes in the building at the same time yep. and you know, mm-hmm manage that whereas most gyms if they have a single offering you got one class of 16 people that's all you got yeah you know and also you know i I think you as the time as i've known you you've done a lot of growing you know yourself like i think there 
I think there had been ideas that, you know, we say no to at the beginning, but then it keeps also like coming back up, mm -hmm. right? And it's not just a matter of like, the first time, yeah, it may be a no. How do we go approaching it, you know, to really, I guess, express like, hey, we really mean this for X, Y, and Z reason, not mm -hmm. just because one person's saying it, because the community's saying it. And sometimes it takes time, you yeah. know? And to bring that around, you know, the community stays around because you do all this other stuff for them, right? you know? And I, I think it just shows you definitely care. You definitely care, you know? And sometimes no is for right now, no. Let's revisit it, yeah. you know? Here we go. Here we are. Steve, you were going to say something? Yeah, I mean, Lizzie touched on it. Um, just like for John to have that kind of insight into the community and the people who go here, and then also to be willing to take a chance, right? Yeah. I feel like there are so many places that either they have the big brain idea and it's not really well thought out, or they're too cautious because that's not how they're used to doing things and they don't want to venture on, you know, down that road. Um, but I think you've definitely cultivated something here that hits every single kind of, you know, nail yeah. on the head where mm -hmm. you take that risk and you, you know, you see it through. Yeah. And for the most part, it works out, right? Yeah. I mean, like you added in a recovery suite. It started with a sauna. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huge kind of value there, right? Right. Then it, you got the compression pants. Yep. Another add-on, right? It's just adding more to and you know, all of these things. And now we have a cold plunge where yep. our members who would probably never, ever <laughs> attempt right, to sit right, in this cold right. plunge are doing it frequently. There's been, there's been a lot of hand-holding and cajoling, but yes. 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 <laughs> but, but they are loving it. Yeah. And these are things that, again, you know, as a, as a business owner, I'm sure the price of all of these things is a little intimidating right because mm -hmm. up front you have to pay for it someone has to right, right? there's right. a there's a certain amount i think of uh there's a certain amount of freedom being the the sole owner now and that's been uh, an interesting transition because i don't have the financial backing of partners now so if i don't have the money i don't have the money like it's not going to happen Right. But I've also never really been very risk averse when it comes to these things because I believe in what we're doing. Like, one thing that I can say is like, nobody will ever care more than me. And like, that's 100% true. And everyone here cares a lot. So that says a lot about our team. But I think that the, the idea of consistently trying to um, reinvest in the gym and in the community is where my heart is because I think within the first year after the buyout, I don't want to like throw numbers around, but like after the first year, we had reinvested literally every penny that we made in that next year. And it was a decent amount. We were doing well. And it was because I didn't want to cut corners. I wanted to set this place up to succeed for the next 10 years. And that's really the plan. Yeah. You know, it was, I wanted to think long term because that's what everybody deserves. I want this place to be here and endure. And, I, and honestly, outlast me. Like when it's time for me to retire from coaching, I want to come in here and kick ass and work out with everybody and just take some awesome classes with the coaches mm -hmm. that are here. But I want this place to persevere, you know? I think it's interesting too, like you have 
so many different voices like you were talking about taking that risk i am not a risk taker you know and i think i think you for sure have like taken that away from me as well like you know like yeah geo's a cautionary coach geo's mm -hmm. this you know and everybody has their different you know viewpoints and how they come off but it's important to have all those also heard right yeah. so like my concern you know i'll voice it you hear it you take it in concern it's like we're still going to move this away you know but i hear you mm -hmm. and then you're able to tell me it's like here's why i'm taking those risks mm -hmm. right i hear your concern and you're like yes that was a factor you mm -hmm. know for sure but you have genuine voices also like looking out for the all over growth of the gym oh for i sure. think I, I think that's great oh you guys check me all the time and it's it's important because i can get a little bit out there with the ideas and everything else, for sure. But yeah. at the same time, one thing that I've heard you say a handful of times in the year that I've been here is, I'll fall on that sword. Mm -hmm. And I think that yeah. I, can, I yeah. think we can all agree that that has changed our perspective as coaches. Mm -hmm. The amount of coaches that will die on that hill, right. or you can only do this this way, mm -hmm. we learn from you when you say, I messed up, that was on me. Mm -hmm. So like, let's figure out as a team how to fix that. Yeah. I mean, basically, honestly, anything that goes wrong in this gym, I ultimately feel is my responsibility, right? And I want to support you guys in those solutions because you all didn't create the problem. You all are going to help fix the problem. And ultimately, you guys are more on the front lines dealing with it than I am. Um, but I've always wanted you guys to feel supported in your roles of, you all are the coach in the class for a reason. Mm -hmm. You have my full confidence. If, I, if you didn't, you wouldn't be there. Right. And I want the members to know that. It's like they can trust that if you are here and you are wearing the red shirt, there's a reason. And that goes a long way because you drop in at other gyms and you, don't, you maybe don't have that experience, right? Mm -hmm. I've been at a million gyms that I've had amazing experiences at and I've been at other ones where I'm just like, I would never take another class in that gym again mm. and you know some of that's growing pains and we all go through that but I think that we're at a point now where like you said a lot of people have heard about us we've been around for a long time we have a reputation we have to uphold that and that takes a lot of diligence from all of the coaches and from leadership on down for sure there's a lot there yeah a lot there and I'm glad we got it out there I feel like that was for sure also like eye-opening on a lot of our origin stories that maybe we didn't know about each other. Um, Through javelin. You know, for sure. Not well, <laughs> but yeah, I did it. Uh, but I'm glad, and I'm glad that we also had this space and opportunity to talk about you know how everything started, which also ties in with the name of the podcast, right? So uh, we came across Fail Better, Suck Less, um, this is a name that came up. Uh, John, you want to tie us in a little bit where that came from? So, Fail Better, Suck Less is the motto. Originally, it was for Barbell Club back in like 2012 in my garage. Um, but it comes originally from a Samuel Beckett quote, which was uh, Ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better, right? And we added the whole suck less at the end, which is kind of like our cheeky way of, of making, you know, in, inserting some levity into the whole thing. But um, the culture of this place has never been perfection. Mm -hmm. It's always been 
you know, be willing to take a chance. You're gonna mess it up. That's fine. You're gonna learn more from messing it up than you will from holding off and never trying it. Right, right. right? And that's kind of infused into the culture of the entire gym over the years and the whole fail better, suck less mentality is, you know, not taking yourself too seriously. Like, get in there, give it your best. When you inevitably fail, pick yourself up, maybe get a hand up from somebody next to you, laugh it off a little bit, be willing to like, be like, I really messed that up. That's fine, but try it again. And you're inevitably gonna get better that way. And so that's the culture um, that I think the gym has as a whole, and I wanted to kind of infuse that into this podcast because the whole idea of this podcast isn't just specifically about Tough Temple, but we're going to be sharing a lot of things that we hold very personally important to us, and the culture here is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that the name is fitting, and that's where it comes from. There were a lot of other names that we came across <laughs> uh, before uh, choosing that, but yeah, no, I. I don't know, at, at least to me, this is, uh, it kind of gave me back to the same roots of like when I first got to know you, mm-hmm. you know, um, also like coming in here, getting to know Lizzie, getting to know Steve. And it's just interesting how we all also like tied in, like Steve, like you and I, like we were gonna originally compete before I broke my hand, but you know, that's also a big step and I feel our approachability on how like we're able to bond now, how we talk to each other. And I remember Steve's pitch to me hmm. was, you know, I was like, hey, I want to put a team together. And what do you think? I was like, yeah, I'm down. And I remember my response was, you know, uh, all right, so we got two months to train for competition. And he responded back to me and he said, dude, we don't train to compete. We train to have fun, mm-hmm. you know, to enjoy. And, and again, like it attests to everybody's different you know, viewpoints and how their approach is. And as at that very moment, I was like, great, sign me up. Right. You know, um, Lizzie, you know, like the times that we bonded together as well, uh, you know, through weightlifting, you know, that's, that's a very big example as well of being able to venture out, getting to know these people. Because I'm very, I'm at the very least, I don't know about any of you guys, my circle is like this, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't really venture out from that. Uh, and I think for such a long time, especially like the old gym, that's all I had almost at times was just myself, you know. So to be able to have this community uh, and hopefully through everybody who's listening to get to know a little bit about us, you know, what we have in plan for the future on this podcast, the topics that we want to talk about, um, which we'll reach out, you know, you know, drop your comments there. Uh, we'd love to be able to hear from everybody. And touch upon the topics that people will want to hear about, you know, mm-hmm. from all the coaches, different perspectives, because I think we have coaches here pretty much from every single facet of this gym. Oh, you know? for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, if, if there's anything that we can talk about for sure, like, let's open up the floor for it. Let's and have a sp- safe space to do it as well. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, on that note, we'll finish out this, uh, what was supposed to be short podcast, but I'm sure I'm going to have lots of things to edit and post. But we have a couple of things coming up. John, you want to hit us off? Uh, So our Tough Trail 5K this Saturday, uh, starting at Dewey Park. Details for that will be in the uh, caption below. We got a gymnastics clinic coming up the weekend after that. Just check the details down there. We won't be too long-winded on here since it's already run long. Indeed, indeed. Look forward to seeing everybody there. On that note, 
like and subscribe. That's right. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Follow us. Share. Share on stories. And uh, buy yourself a mug. Uh, buy yourself a mug. Dishwasher safe. Two, Dishwasher. you get two at a discounted price. Right. So you and your friends can all buy mugs. And if you don't have friends, come to Tough Temple. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. There you go. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. I had to sneeze so bad.